listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, we are just chilling in the shade under the trees next to the Ogden-flowing Ogden River. Mm. Oh, we're getting closer to the river now. Yeah. Let's, let's get out. Let's, you know, let's maybe get a little bit away. I, I can barely hear what you're saying, Chase. You better get out on the face. <laughs> So it's not, there we go. You know how you can tell it's not the Ogden River, though? There's no magpies. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are so friggin' loud right now. So, um, so we've been we've been talking mountain bikes a bit, but it's just because uh, it is that time of season. It's just perfect time for mountain biking. It's still a little little early to get into the high mountains for backpacking and. Um, and I think we would talk a lot more about rock climbing, except that the three of us are all uh, retired ex-pro rock climbers. That's a good climbers. way to put it. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, well, I used to climb like Sharma previous yeah. episode. You even, right. had a, even had a hat that My said My hat it. said I did, yeah. yeah. I have the hiccups, you guys. Um, I mean, we like climbing, but we don't, we don't do as much of it. I've, just, I've been doing more, more trail running, hiking, mountain biking the last few years. Mountain biking specifically this year. And I'm, I'm geeking out hardcore on mountain bikes because I am in the market. The mountain bike that I have is an older one that was a hand-me-down um, mountain bike. I, I, I used to race when I was a teenager, uh, mountain bikes, and the bike that I had, I bought when I was 12. Like an organized race or your friends? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. When I was 12, I bought the biggest Gary Fisher hardtail race bike that I could that I could buy, <clears throat> that I could fit on, and that I could ride, and so that I could grow into it. And that was the that was the bike that I rode all the way from 12 to 19, and then a couple years. At, then I moved to Europe for a couple years, and when I came back from Europe, I used it for a couple more years before I sold it. But really, from the time I was about 17, it was a little bit on the small side. <laughs> And, um, but I still used it for a few years. So anyway, I sold it and I just, I told my wife, I bought a road bike at the time. I sold it and bought a road bike. I told my wife when I sold it, I'd just gotten married that I wanted to buy another mountain bike. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll make that a priority, um, when we have the money. And, but we, we got into road biking. We're all psyched on that. And years and years and years, many years went by and I never bought a mountain bike again and so the bike that i'm on now is gratefully is a hand-me-down bike for my father-in-law he bought a new really nice bike and so he gave me his i was riding his old this this same bike last year a bit and it's a great bike it's just old geometry um 
26 inch wheels uh, it's it's like 12 years old and so it's just a lot of the um, a lot of the new technology that's that's in the new bikes that makes biking so much more enjoyable is missing from this bike and so I am just so eager I went on a bike ride on Monday like there's no TV right <laughs> yeah what yeah um, so the so I'm gonna I, go get rid of my hiccups <laughs> Right. You two got this. Okay. Yeah. So um, I went on, a, went on a bike ride on Monday with my father-in-law. He on his new bike and me on this, this old run. And it was so fun, but also so frustrating. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in great shape right now. I'm getting there um, as I bike more. Um, so I had a hard time keeping up. But, but I could not even come close to keeping up with him on the climb. And I'm pretty sure it's the bike because we're pretty even... Nothing, nothing to do with, with had, the had nothing to do with me being fat and overweight. All right, all right. Um, Blame it on the maybe bike. maybe a little bit, <laughs> but generally he and I are pretty even match on like road bikes right now. But and I'm faster, a lot faster on a mountain bike on the downhill, and probably a little better technical rider and stuff. But I could not for the life of me keep up with him on the uphill. So after that ride, I was just like. Ugh, so so motivated to get a new bike so i've been i've been doing lots of research lots of studying begging my wife figuring out what i can sell to try to come up with money to buy a new bike and and so anyway um so let's talk a little bit about mountain biking mountain bike gear what you need to get started you had a couple of friends this last week that bought new bikes and they're all psyched on it you Mm kind of helped them in that process and um so for those and biking is just out of control popular right now, mountain biking in particular. Oh, yeah, especially in Utah. Yeah, so um, so let's just talk a little bit about what gear we would need, um, somebody would need if they wanted to get into mountain biking. There are so many more trails out there that are built really well just, just for mountain biking, really conducive to fun mountain biking. and um, So the first thing you're going to need, obviously, is a mountain bike bike yep that it makes mountain biking a little bit easier if you have a bike to do it on yeah so when you when you were helping your friends what kind of advice did you give them on what they should be looking for in in a bike um oh sorry there's there's a lot of advice that i gave them um i oh wow i told them really not to worry too much about um I guess like geeking out on componentry, um, getting something that felt comfortable. Um, I told them to keep like, like don't get an enduro bike. Um, enduro bikes are great, but here in especially Weber Davis County, most riding you're going to be doing is on trails. Um, so I told them to keep their, like their front travel under 50, the rear uh, travel under 150, under 150. Yeah. Um, rear travel, same like under one, under 140. They ended up getting a, a 130, 120. It's like a good, solid trail bike. It climbs well. It descends well enough. Um, and just getting a bike that felt comfortable to them. Yeah. Um, as far as componentry went, I mean, I just, I told them don't don't get XX1. <laughs> you don't need it. Sure. Um, but also, like, get something that's decent. And I think they both got NX Eagle yeah. um, on for their um, drive drive line. Um, but I think the biggest thing was just helping them find a bike that was comfortable. Um, 
And another thing that kept being like, well, that one looks cool. Like, mm, looks only go so far, right? Right. Um, and we went into one of the bike shops and pit, they were a pivot dealer. And they had all these pivots out. And I think the cheapest pivot they had there was $5,800. Okay. And they're both like, should we just like bite the bullet? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you are not going to get the value of that $5,800 bike for your very first ever bike, right? Right. Some people can, but they can't. Um, they were also getting very hung up on 29, 29er versus 27.5 plus, 27.5 or 27.5 plus. Um, this one, I think we can beat this topic till it's blue in the face and you still won't have a winner, right? Um, I mean, the obvious people, answer is 29er. Right? And people are very passionate about what they want. I'm a 29er fan. Most of my riding I do. Uh, I really like cross-country riding. I also like descending, but like, I'm more of a 50-50. I feel like the benefits of a 29er, it travels better. It climbs better. Um, it's not as good on technical, tight, turny terrain, but, like, I don't ride a lot of that. And when I do, I feel like I can handle my own. Um, if you're looking to do mostly downhill riding, 27.5 plus is solid. It's more nimble. Um, but you can also ride in the lower PSI. Sure. I think so. there's pros and cons. If you're just getting into it, I don't, I don't think there's a huge... I wouldn't rule out a bike because it's a 29 or because it's a 27.5 plus. Yeah. Um, if it feels comfortable and you like the bike, like you're going to be able to become a better rider on both of them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that should be your deciding factor. Yeah. I mean, one thing to consider, so 29 er like you said, it's going to roll faster, roll smoother, um, probably climb more efficiently, get less hung up on rocks, that sort of thing. But it is going to be a longer wheelbase, they're bigger tires, it's going to maybe not be as quick on the turn so like you said if you're downhilling you're playing playing a lot on the bike but mostly on the downhill um 27.5 is is a uh oh can you hear me i can hear you oh sorry my headphones are freaking out over here um so it's going to be more playful and um quicker turning and and you're going to be able to turn around tighter corners faster and that sort of thing a little more nimble nimble but less stable at high speeds and uh not as efficient on the on the uphill i'm like you especially here in ogden most of our trails are real conducive to cross-country riding great fun on the downhill but they're not like downhill focused trails it's yeah. not like not like corner canyon not like you know some of the trails in park in city, the park city or or even some of the more technical um, trails in like St. George that are a little bit more gravity focused. Would I be, because it's been so long since I've mountain biked, I don't know if this is a true statement. I just remember our downhills around locally here are, are either super mellow or you're going to die. <laughs> like They're like very steep and techy or pretty mellow. And the, the, the nice flowy ones that are somewhere in the middle, maybe up at Basin, but like down, otherwise... They're more for hiking. I mean, that used to be the case. They're they're getting more focused towards mountain bike friendly, I think, for sure. I think there's a good variety, actually, in Ogden. Sweet. I mean, you have Sardine Peak. I've brought that one up several times, but Sardine, that loop, such a mellow, easy ride, but an expert rider can go and have a ton of fun on it. Um, You, I mean, there's lots of trails that I think can skyline, wheeler, um, but then you've also got your technical little runs. Icebox is a little techy. Um, you got that descent off of Lewis Peak. Is that, is that closed right now? We've been up there. Icebox is open. 
That is. I thought uh, someone posted on Instagram that something was closed. But. I'm pretty sure Icebox is open. It was open last week. East Fork was closed, but I don't know if it's open yet. I'm not sure. I haven't been up there yet this week. But yeah, if you look at the trails up in up at Round Powder Mountain, for example, <clears throat> nothing's crazy steep, crazy technical that you need like a downhill bike for or whatever. Trail bike's great for that, or an enduro bike is in some in many cases a lot of times overkill. Uh, but most of the trails around here are just super fun for like a trail bike. Now, when we're talking trail bike versus enduro versus downhill, we're talking mostly about travel and climbing efficiency. So a cross-country bike is like 100 millimeters of travel front and rear or less, generally maybe 120 or less. A trail bike usually will step in at like 120 millimeters of travel front and rear up to about 140, 150. Enduro bikes 140 or higher up to when you start getting into like 170, 180 and above that's a downhill bike and those aren't for going uphill those are just downhill lift riding riding lifts or shuttling or whatever even enduro bikes aren't the best for the they, they get you uphill but they're not the funnest uphill right so a trail bike is generally good for both cross-country bikes really good for the uphill uh, trail bikes good for the uphill and the downhill and so that's what most people are going to be looking at for their bikes especially around utah uh, if you're if you live in BC or um, you live right at the base of Deer Valley and you just want to ride lifts all summer or shuttle or whatever, okay, maybe an enduro or a, a downhill bike makes sense. But um, of the bikes out there, so you ride on a Da Vinci mm -hmm. and you really like that. That has a DW Link suspension. Yeah. Right? Yep. And um, a lot of the real popular brands out there are, are using some sort of a a Dave Weagle suspension system. Ibis does um, uh, salsa. Sal yeah, salsa. There's Z Santa Cruz's VPP link is different. I, right? Yeah. Is that Dave and Weagle? I mean, I know. And then, like, you have the giant Maestro, which is basically a Dave, Dave Weagle, Weagle yeah. design. So that's popular. Then you've got the horse link suspension, which is what a lot of people use. Um, that's what Fazari uses. That's what Rocky Mountain uses. That's what, um, you know, a lot of the four bar linkage suspensions are their horse link suspensions, H-O-R-S-T. And um, those are very efficient, particularly with a one by system because um, the chain helps to keep the, the suspension from bobbing on climbs, the tension on the chain. Whereas when you've got like a two by or a three by system, which means that a one-by system means you've got one chain ring up front connected to the cranks. Um, a two-by system would mean you'd have two chain rings or a three-by, three chain rings. You don't see those as often anymore. But with a one-by system, those horse thing suspensions do work quite well. Um, you know, maybe not quite as climbing efficient as um, like a DW link, um, but very fun, very good, still efficient, good on the downhill. You see those a lot. And then there's some new suspension linkages that are coming out that are pretty cool. There's like Revel Bikes that uses a, a Canfield Brothers suspension um, that I'm I'm hearing amazing reviews about. Really fun, particularly on the downhill. Um, just just a lot of fun. There's one that they have called the Revel Rascal that is 
130 on the back, but they say it it, it rides like it's got 150 on the back, um, just because yeah. of the suspension linkage and stuff. So you can get, you can really get, um, in really into the weeds when you're looking into suspension linkages and stuff like that. You do, in my opinion, if you're going for a trail bike, you do want to find one that's efficient, an efficient climber. But most companies now, most bikes have good suspension systems that um, that climb real well. Like you said, the, all the big brands, the, you know, the Specialized, the Giant, the Trex, all of those climb efficiently. You get into the more of the niche brands, um, particularly with a DW Link or a Horse Link suspension, they climb really well. Um, would you say? Would you agree with me when I say that? these days like a one by 12 system is the way to go i think so yeah i think it's it's so simple and you got that you got that freaking dinner plate on the back that makes it so easy to you can yeah. climb anything with that right. on there um the one by 12 i mean yeah, yeah i think it's definitely the way to go get rid of the front derailleur that's no, yeah, um it's... that was that was revolutionary for me when i jumped on a a 29er that didn't have a front derailleur to screw around with um and it climbed just as efficient well way more efficiently because of the 29 inch wheels but then you have still the same amount of range from you know gear number one to, to gear number 12 that was an eye-opener for mm -hmm. me um and anytime i've ridden full suspension bikes in the past it's been 26 inch wheels and really the climbing efficiency is comes through a lockout on the shock mm -hmm. not through the suspension, suspension design yeah and um those lockouts don't didn't always work that well back then mm -mm. and so um i was blown away when i got on a new nice bike with the new technology just man they climb so fast they climb yeah. so well i felt like a like an all-star not like a 30 pound overweight <laughs> dad like it was uh yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, the the new suspension and geometries are definitely becoming way more efficient and help you to crush the uphill. Indeed. Um, so, um, so you like twenty nine inch wheels? Yep. One by twelve for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree on those. Um, although I I do notice on the twenty nine inch wheels versus the twenty six inch wheels that I've always ridden, I'm not quite as playful on the downhill. The downhill's faster, the downhill's smoother, but it's taken me a little bit of time to get used to being able to play on the 29-inch wheels as much. So I could totally get why someone would want to go on the 27.5. Totally, especially if you're a smaller person. Um, I have a friend, she just bought a new bike, and she got on a 29er, and she probably is five foot, maybe. She's not very tall, and weighs probably like a buck ten. <laughs> like, really small person. And there's no way she could drive a 29er. It's just too big. She had to go 27.5, and that like fit perfect. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on you and what you're gonna what you're gonna ride. Um, the 29er took me a little bit to get used to. This is my second summer on the 29er, and I love it. I feel like I'm getting a little like finally, I'm able to throw the bike around a little bit more, more play playful. I think that's also just I'm getting more into biking, so I'm getting more comfortable on just a bike in general, but. Yeah, those 29ers, you can throw them around pretty well. They are a little bit extra to lug and a little bit more work to throw around, but the efficiency on them is, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. 
Yeah. I've, I've loved mine. Um, so the other question, plus size tires or normal size tires? Um, I want a 2.5, so I'm like, right, I'm, mine aren't quite plus size. Um, mine can't take any bigger than 2.5, so, um, if you're on a 27.5, I'd go plus for sure. But if I'm on a 29er, I don't know that it's necessarily... Yeah, so a 29, I've heard, this is what I've heard, I haven't done the measuring myself, but... You'll have about the same amount of contact uh, as far as tire contact on the ground with a normal size tire on a 29 inch as you would on a plus size tire with 27. Yeah. Um, and so as far as grip goes, you're not going to see a significant difference between like a, you know, a three inch um, 27.5 versus a 2.4 or something uh, on a 29er. Um, I'm a fan personally. Now, this here's my history. I grew up cross-country riding and cross-country racing. So I had real small small tires, small knobs, so that I get that there was they were really efficient. fast rolling, no not very much rolling resistance and that sort of thing. So when I get on like a 22.4 inch tire, that feels huge to me <laughs> and it feels slow um, when I'm when I'm kind of steering through stuff on the downhill in particular but what i do notice is that man it rolls smooth and it's got a ton of grip and that sort of thing and so i do like the bigger tires also going tubeless is a game changer oh uh, yeah um so i do like a, a bigger tire and maybe take out just a touch of air i still like i still like my tires to be fairly firm because i mm -hmm. like them to roll fast um, but take out a little bit of air and it'll smooth out the small bumps quite a bit give you a little better grip um but i just don't know if i would want to go plus size tires now i've talked to many people who are who are hardcore riders good riders that i know that love plus tires because when the trails get muddy they still just climb on through and when um there's a lot of benefits there uh, i i'm personally probably uh two two six is probably as big as i I say, personally like to go what would plus size be considered is it 2.8 and up yeah somewhere around there because like i i know a lot of like my my uh my bike won't even take i'm pretty sure 2.5 is the biggest i can go on the rear um so i don't i've never i don't feel like i need anything bigger than that yeah but well and a lot of times it's like with a lot of bikes, you can either do 29-inch normal tires or 27.5-inch plus, plus tires, size. but you can't fit a plus size size in a 29. Yeah, for totally. a lot of a lot of bikes. And is that the case with yours? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, anyway, I so I'm I'm a fan of normal tires, but a little bigger than like a a cross-country race tire is really nice, mm -hmm. especially for just your everyday riding, trail riding. Um, finally, if you're looking at um, a new bike and you're looking at your suspension as well as your drivetrain from what I've experienced now I've experienced old-school Shimano drivetrain and SRAM XX1 <laughs> so like the so worst the worst, and the, the worst and the best and not much in between so what I've read online and what I've heard from people who I've talked to and stuff is if you're looking at SRAM anything um, GX and above works extremely well and all you're really getting as you go up in price and stuff is weight savings yep, yep. And the weight savings is not 
huge. Mm -hmm. um, now, it is a little bit in your cassette, but like shifters, derail your, the actual derail your stuff like that, the weight savings is not huge. huge. Mm -hmm. uh, you might get slightly crisper shifts and stuff, but as far as durability and functionality, not a huge difference. And so if you're a racer, sure go with XX1, but, um, or XTR, if you're, if you like Shimano. But if you're not a racer, and you just like riding trails, you can save a significant amount of money by sticking with NX or GX mm -hmm. or uh, SLX on the Shimano side, and yeah. you still get phenomenal performance. Is mm. that your experience? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's weight savings is the biggest thing, and I can't speak to this one from experience, but the lighter weight you go, typically the more careful you have to be with your drivetrain, um, and the lighter weight, typically the less it's gonna load, it's not gonna last as long. So if you're getting into your first bike and you know you're gonna be hard on it because you're learning how to ride, like an extra GX. Like don't spend more money to get something that's lighter weight that you're only gonna end up destroying. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my, my viewpoint. Um, SRAM versus Shimano, I think it's almost sixes. I think some people are gonna fight to the death over SRAM or fight to the death over Shimano. I know that Shimano just put out the new, their new XT, one by 12. And I was reading some reviews today, and so many people were saying, "Oh, if you're on SRAM, or if yeah, if you're on SRAM, switch to Shimano because it's a game changer. I guess it shifts a lot better underweight, mm. all those things." Um, I ride Shimano on my road bike, SRAM on my mountain bike. They both work for me. If you're really, really into mountain biking, you probably know more than us. <laughs> so um, you can take your pick if you're just getting into it. Again, that shouldn't be a deciding factor, um, but. NXGX, Eagle are both great. Um, SLX is great from Shimano. I mean, again, it's the, I, I think that maybe stepping up from Dior is smart because it's going to last a little bit longer, but Dior still is great. Yeah. Um, I feel like Dior is kind of the low end of the of the serious stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. And NX is the low end uh, of the serious stuff on the SRAM side. Exactly. Um, I've heard... Um, I've heard as far as durability goes that GX is a step up in durability over NX, mm -hmm. um, but that once you get above GX, it's not really a step up in durability necessarily. Not a, It's not a step down, but um, functionally and durability-wise, there's really not That's much of a difference. Um, SLX, I've heard anything SLX and above on the Shimano side is great functionally, and I've heard the same thing about the new XT system. Not that it's necessarily better than SRAM, but that it's really good. Yeah. So, if you want 1x12 with Shimano, it's XT or XTR. Do they have the a 1x12 SLX? I don't know. I, I, I don't I've, know either. I'm not sure. But um, anything on the SRAM side, if it says Eagle next to it, what Eagle means is 1x12. So, NX Eagle, GX Eagle, XO1, XX1, any of those... If it says Eagle next to it, that's 1x12. So that's pretty cool that you can get that all the way through that mm -hmm. line the whole on line. the SRAM side. And then Forks, RockShox or Fox? I'm a RockShox guy. Oh, yeah? Um, partially it's because what I'm riding on right now, and I've got a few friends that are bike mechanics, and they sweat over RockShox, and that's kind of just what I've... I've I like the, the brand. They've been great. Um, I like what I'm riding on and I really I want to upgrade my fork and I want to get 
I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Can you do the yet. pike or the lyric? Uh, either, either the pike or the lyric, one of the two. Yeah. Um, what so are you on right now? Just on a revelation. Okay. So like That's entry a good level. Fork still. Yeah, it's still a great fork. I I can't necessarily outright it. You know, it's been a great fork. Um, what but, blows me away is I didn't realize that you've been racing on a a long travel trail <laughs> bike um, and winning. <laughs> that blows me. You're not on a cross country no, bike like a not lot of at those all guys on are. a cross country bike. And um, and you're still winning. And, and you're it's not heavy, on, is what I hear. And it's you're not on the top of the line either. You're heavy. you're what NX drive train and NX. Revelation fork and stuff. And mm-hmm. so you're probably in the low 30s. 32, 33 pounds for your I, bike? I might even be 34 Okay. my bike. It's a heavy. Da Vinci's are heavy. Yeah. It's. But it blows me away that you're, like, out there winning races on a heavy bike, <laughs> on a long travel. That does make you probably faster on the downhill. But yeah, I definitely can. But I'm not a really fast guy on the downhill in general. That's why I feel like I make up most of my time climbing. Yeah, because I'm not a fast guy. Have you got on, like, either. a 25-pound, oh. 120-mil travel bike you'd be just yeah flying. my i rode with my buddy this weekend or on monday and he's got like the cannondale scalpel the lefty bike so lightweight i'm like oh, this thing is a freaking rocket ship on the uphills yeah. <laughs> like oh but yeah i think with if i were to get more seriously into racing i would definitely get to cross country um i've looked at the yeti sp100 i think it's a sweet bike yeah. um there's a lot of bikes i looked into but yeah, definitely, if you're looking for a cross-country race bike, I would not recommend the Da Vinci Troy. Though it's awesome, it's not what it's built for. But I love it, and it's gotten me by. <laughs> and if you're looking for one bike to do it all, get the Da Vinci Troy. It's been an awesome bike. Yeah. But. So I am uh, I actually, in my research, I ran into a new brand that I'd never heard of before um, out of Germany called Propane, um, P-R-O-P-A-I-N. They are very pro-pain. Well, they, they're, they're propane. I, I don't necessarily. I get it. I get it now. Okay. They're down. Yeah. They're they're a downhill focused brand. They're not cooking with gas though. over there. Just saying. <laughs> but, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, so they're actually more of a downhill focused brand, and most of the bikes that they make are downhill or enduro bikes. And um, but. They've got a new bike, a trail bike called the Hugene, H-U-G-E-N-E. Don't know what that means um, or what it's named after. But it's been getting some awards and uh, getting a lot of good press. And I'm I'm impressed by it. So we talk, we've talked about Fazari because that's a local Utah brand. And you can get major bang for the buck with that brand because they make great bikes. And they're direct-to-consumer bike. You, you save some money there. Um it looks like the Ogden River stopped flowing. I don't know what happened. Crazy. They turned it off. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. it's it's that time of day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> water. They need water. They yeah. just need water. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's really weird. Uh, <laughs> so um, anyway, these propane bikes are like Fazari, direct-to-consumer bikes. You can't buy them at a bike shop. And there's some disadvantages to that, of course. If you go in a oh, bike shop, back. you can get – oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it was a big car drove by. You couldn't hear a thing <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when you buy a bike from a bike shop, there's some major advantages. They can measure you. They can get you. You can talk to someone who knows. You can make sure to get just the right bike for what you need. And um, and it's nice to get to know your local bike shop guys so that they can 
they can service your bike they can help you out as needed and stuff and if if for example you buy a you know a, a bike from Bingham Cyclery or from Skyline or from Two Hoosiers or from the bike shop talking here in Ogden well then they're very familiar with the brand of bike that you have and they're going to know exactly how to fix it if you have any problems and so that there's some advantages there with that said some of these direct to consumer bike brands Fazari, Propane and YT and a few others um, you can get an awesome bike for you know a thousand bucks cheaper and it should get higher in the line sometimes to even three thousand bucks cheaper so that was the thing that blows me away about Fazari while I was looking at the propane bikes and um, they're just as good if not even a slightly better deal than Fazari and they're getting some really good press really good uh, stuff so anyway I just bring that up because um, it's it's fun for me to see all these new bike companies coming out that are doing really well that are making great stuff that are innovative and are somewhat affordable because mm -hmm. um, you know I drool over the $10,000 bikes but I can't afford the $10,000 bikes really my you know, I get to three to four thousand dollar level and that's like okay maybe if I sell all my all my extra gear I can start to afford something like that and uh, it's fun to see that you can for that type of money get a really really solid bike mm -hmm. so um, but your da Vinci I've I was reading some reviews over the weekend so I was doing research on those as well and um, they've got a lot of they've got a, a solid fan base there's a lot of people that like their bikes and that mm -hmm. DW link is so efficient on the uphill even when you've got loads of suspension yeah and really solid on the downhill stuff so yeah it's been a great bike um i'm glad i got the model i did um this year i just got the nx model and this year they dropped their nx down i mean they, they dropped like a thousand bucks i think wow. but they also got like a, a lessened suspension fork and rear it's just i think i got like a good bang for my buck yeah. um I, i'm not gonna say davinci's a bang for your buck bike company but i think they build a really nice bike you pay sure. for it sure. but yeah i've i've is been very impressed is yours a carbon frame no it's no, not it's well in their carbon frame like it doesn't save you if i was gonna go to carbon frame i personally don't think i'd go da vinci because they overbuild their bikes so much that it's kind of it's almost counterproductive yeah like da vinci I, I wouldn't look at da vinci and think like oh they're gonna make a good lightweight frame because it's not what they're known for their heritage is in downhill mountain biking so they they're known for overbuilding their frames yeah so you're not saving a ton of weight you do get the nicer components but i'm almost in the opinion like get an aluminum an alloy frame and put nicer components on it if you want them but yeah. I, i've been impressed with it if i switch to a carbon frame i don't know if i will stick with the da vinci i looked at it this year actually upgrading and i just it doesn't save you a ton of weight right so i'm i'm kind of thinking about it because i'm trying to decide do i get a do I splurge and get a carbon frame, but a lesser group, lesser drivetrain, and then upgrade the drivetrain over time because I've got a nice frame? Or do I get a nicer drivetrain, lesser frame, um, for a similar amount of money? And I've kind of come to the conclusion for myself that I'm going to maybe splurge and, and try to get a lighter frame, carbon frame or something, lesser componentry, and then as I have money over time, upgrade, upgrade that. Mm -hmm. The nice thing, too, is... Like if you go with a um, like a GX or whatever, you can 
you can upgrade the cassette and save a bunch of weight um, and like an XX1 cassette if you wanted to go that nice still works with the GX or mm -hmm. the NX or any of those others it'll work with all of the different componentry and so actually the GX derailleur is not much heavier than the XX1 derailleur although you can get the electronic XX1 yeah nice but you're not saving a ton of weight on that or even so much on the shifters most of it's in like the the chain or the cassette and stuff so you can upgrade some of those things to save the weight without spending two thousand dollars on the full drivetrain and that sort of thing so i'm kind of looking into that and i i think that might be a maybe a a good option good good way to go totally but anyway all right well there's just some mountain bike talk and if you're in the market for a mountain bike hopefully some of that information can get you started on your search for the right mountain bike and and feel like you can kind of navigate some of the newer technologies the newer trends in the mountain biking industry we're not professional mountain bikers over here we don't run a bike shop we run a an outdoor like a uh, backpacking a rock climbing mountaineering trail running paddle boarding shop that sort of thing um, but we all love we love the mountains we love it on mountains on mountain bikes on on trail runners on backpacking we we just we do it all so we enjoy all that and Hopefully this information is helpful. Um, thank you for joining us for the podcast today. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends if you would. And um, also, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a friendly review. That always helps us to reach more people and grow the podcast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and like us on Facebook. And check out uh, our YouTube channel on YouTube. If you just search Gear 30, you can find our our gear reviews and other videos on there. And then um, finally, check out our website, gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y. And uh, you can see all of our deals and stuff that we have going on there. Lots of great deals right now as we clear out our winter stuff and make room for all of our summer gear. And we've, we're getting new summer gear almost daily. And so it's a lot of fun right now to see all the new stuff that's coming out. And that, so do you guys have anything to add? Is that it? I think that's it. I need <laughs> Me too. Yep. Me too. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo.